folks, Mike Bradley here from the North Riverside Library. On this episode of the Tech Team Podcast, Sarah and I are talking about big tech being put on the hot seat by Congress, what's going on with TikTok, and our usual assortment of fun segments. It's a good time, so let's get started right now. What should we start with, Sarah? Should we start with big tech on the hot seat? Um, uh, sure, wherever you want to start. We've got a smorgasbord of segments today. So <laughs> choose from. Uh, I think it was a good idea to, to just overload on segments, see, see how many we can get through. It'll be a, a mixed bag episode today. Sure, sure, for sure. But yeah, as you may know, the uh, the four big... Well, four of the five big tech CEOs were uh, called up to uh, Congress here recently, part of these antitrust hearings. This is a com- this is a complicated case, so we are not political experts here. So we're just going to we're just going to talk about it very briefly. But um, you know, apparently the, um, the, uh, the House Antitrust Committee has been investigating big tech for a while for uh, antitrust reasons, monopolies. All that good stuff. They amassed some one million documents as part of this investigation. And um, a lot of very big, powerful people had to go uh, defend themselves before Congress. I thought maybe what we could do is um, you being a millennial, probably a little more politically active, politically savvy than me, the slacker Gen Xer. (laughs) You want to frame it that way? Sure. (laughs) So I'm going to try to, as simply as I can, in like one sentence or so, ask you if you think these companies are abusing their dominant market positions. What do you think? Um, Absolutely. All right. So <laughs> My short answer. <laughs> with short answers. Uh, uh, starting with, with Google. So Google CEO Sundar Google had to uh, appear before Congress. Um, it seems that the Sundar <laughs> Google. Um, it seems like uh, the basically they just feel like uh, Google is is Google too dominant in the search and advertising market? What do you think? Um, I have you ever used Bing, Mike? <laughs> have you ever used any other search engine? Well, you know, at times I have um, dabbled with, let's say, DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo. I enjoy a little DuckDuckGo. The French one? Yeah. Oh, there's the French one, Quant. Remember Quant? Yeah, Quant. I I dabbled with Quant for a little bit. And um, to prove the point, I think it was it's just so difficult. Like, I we've had this debate earlier in uh, maybe end of last year, I think it was, before the, the cast, um, that it's just so difficult to navigate the Internet without using a Google product. <laughs> it's too hard. Um, I tried to use Quant as sort of a protect my, my data, protect my privacy, um, but it just wasn't as convenient as Google is. And I think as far as us dumb humans go, convenience over everything, right? So um, do they have their hands in too many pies? 
They probably, they probably do. They would, you know, they would say, and I believe they did say that, hey, there's plenty of competition. You know, you're, you're a consumer. You have a lot of choice. Uh, you don't have to use, you know, there's competitors to Google search, competitors to Gmail, competitors to Google Maps. Right. But uh, I think what you're saying is, well, sure, they exist, but <laughs> no one exist, really. Uses. But they're not ex- as accessible. Like Google has done fair job on their part in making their products so extraordinarily accessible that I think they dominate a lot of the the markets that they're in because of it. It's just um, much easier to download the Google app on your phone or a tablet or your device than it is to go to a, you know, what's it called? An Internet Explorer. <laughs> 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 to go to a, uh, damn, I'm blanking on the word. But to go to a... Uh, your Mike, what's the word? You know what I'm talking about. You mean like to to use it to use another browser or? There you go. Thank you. You're a genius, Mike. And so it's much more difficult. It's easier, rather, it's easier to just download the Google app and have that ready to go, two three clicks to get to your Google search, than it is to open the browser on your mobile device and um find the bookmark for your search engine. And then, you know, it's just so many more steps. And I, I think that that's sort of the the difficulty that we tech users prefer simpler, easier, faster. And Google has definitely made themselves that. Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, uh, trying to use alternative services is practically a hobby of mine. And even I just, I, I give up. I've probably tried like a half dozen times over the last year or so to to replace some of my Google apps with other things, and it it never sticks. It's it's always just a little a little too inconvenient. Mm-hmm. So I end up going back. Um, I wish there was more competition, and I wish it was easier to you know transfer yourself to these other platforms. But uh, in the end, it's usually not worth the trouble. Right. And if you have if you're like a loyal user of Gmail for so many years, this means like not only changing your email address and changing your contacts and all of that, transferring those over, but also like changing the logins for pretty much any social media site that you have, creating new accounts, losing all this um, data and information that you have stored there. It's just risky business, I think. Sure. So I think, yeah, I think um, we probably could use more competition in these places. Um, a, a second note that I just want to mention real quick about Google is uh, Congress um, uh, is, is likely not happy about YouTube. And does, in your opinion, does YouTube enable hate speech? Hmm. I think absolutely it does. <laughs> well, I don't know if it enables it. I think that enable is a strange word um, to use in this context. I think that you're going to see more hate speech in uh, platforms that are large enough to attract multiple demographics. Whereas like, you know, something like TikTok is there's a lot of hate speech on TikTok, too, but TikTok um, kind of only covers certain demographics, I think, a younger demographic. But look at the hate speech on Facebook and the way people argue and, and say things on Facebook. 
who doesn't use YouTube? YouTube is the biggest um, sort of, I don't know what technically they're called, but the video streaming site on the Internet. So, of course, it's going to amass a lot of users and those users are going to fight with each other because it's all we do. I don't know if it enables. I think it's just a consequence of the size of a platform. Yeah. Well, again, here they would say, hey, there's there's alternatives. You can you can go watch videos on, you know, Vimeo. <laughs> Have you used Vimeo lately? <laughs> Only when I was in college. <laughs> yeah, this is just another thing where there's just not really there's not really a true competitor. There isn't. Let's move on to your friend, Tim Apple. Tim Apple. <laughs> uh, I ask you, Sarah, do you think it's fair that uh, that Apple controls the App Store and also sells its own products on the App Store? Does that give it an unfair advantage? I'm not like an economist or anything. But and again, I'm biased. Because I'm Apple products mostly. I'm talking to you through an Apple product right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I would say it is unfair. Though, to be, to play devil's advocate, I think that any Apple user would agree that Apple's own apps pretty much suck compared to what else is on the market. Like, um, I'm not using maps, Apple maps over Google maps ever. I'm, annoyed with the weather app that I have automatically downloaded on my phone. I don't know a lot of people who just, um, who don't like circumvent the pre-installed Apple approved apps, um, for the most part, but they're, they're really making it hard to, to customize everything and to, they make it really hard. That is true. They're trying really hard. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I just spoke with our economic consultant, Peter Economy. <laughs> Peter Economy. <laughs> and he, uh, he thinks it's it's definitely uh, they definitely have an unfair advantage. I'm going to I'm going to agree with Peter on this one. Yeah, since Peter um, is, a, in fact, a third party and not just an extension of yourself, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tag team with a made-up friend. <laughs> All right, but you know you are biased as well. So as long, we, as long as we admit these things up front. I am biased. Full disclosure. Uh, next is Facebook um, and their uh, CEO, Zuck Facebook. <laughs> the Zuck. Uh, <laughs> uh, is it fair that Facebook basically buys up any social media competitor that 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 is that is gaining success and then just makes them part of Facebook and makes them worse absolutely <laughs> not. and 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 for Facebook specifically you can see that it's like a white knuckle attempt to just be the dominant one as these like new platforms show up and people start moving over um Facebook is trying so hard to keep control of the social social networking world they they buy up everything and they make it worse <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's little little doubt about that oh and also uh the last one is amazon and of course the richest man in the world jeff amazon <laughs> 
is it fair, Sarah, that uh, Amazon, much like Apple, you know, owns, of course, the marketplace and sells its own products on that marketplace? And especially, is it fair that they uh, have been found to use their access to all of that juicy data on what sells well on Amazon to then develop their own products uh, to compete with those items that sell well on Amazon? And then put their products at the top of search results. Of course. Label their products as bestseller, Amazon's choice, when they are <laughs> not the bestsellers and, like, no one else's choice. No, it's totally unfair. It's very nefarious, I think, what they're doing on there. And a lot of Amazon's practices are, like, not so kosher. So the fact that we're just letting Jeff Amazon rack up and sit on his billions is, um, I don't know. Not on our part. Let me check that, man. Yeah, well, and we also have the news that um, that Amazon somehow has literally doubled its profits since this pandemic started. While, you know, everyone else in the world is, you know, going out of business. So um, it's probably not too long before um, we all work for Amazon. They're not very kind to their employees either. <laughs> well, we better get used to it, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't know what's going to come out of any of this. They just they just had a hearing. It kind of seems like they just wanted to get these things on the record. These investigations will continue. We'll see if anything actually comes out of it. But I guess it's a positive that they were called into, you know, uh, account for 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 what they've done. I guess Um, we'll see if anything, a, a little spotlights on them now, but. I think that once you reach a certain level of um, proclivity and if you once you get to a certain size, when you get that big, it's really hard to keep uh, companies like this accountable. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. And they because they were kind of in a new a new type of market compared to, you know, what previous generations had to deal with. I think they grew so fast and got so big that that, yeah, now it is. I think we would all agree that there needs to be some sort of regulation in this area, but it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. This is kind of an unprecedented situation. Yeah, absolutely. We'll, well see. We'll keep our eyes out. Also on the hot seat is your favorite app, TikTok. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, according to our president, um, they, they're going to get banned any day now, unless, unless they sell off. TikTok to an American company. We, we've heard a lot about Microsoft kind of being bullied into buying TikTok and maybe having to kick back some money to the U.S. government, which all seems very suspicious. Yeah, it seems like the U.S. government shouldn't have that much say about who gets to buy a company or not. <laughs> How do you feel about the idea that, yes, it's problematic that TikTok collects all of this data but is it really any more problematic than the data that, say, Facebook collects? And are we really just making a big deal about it because they're a Chinese company? And is it possible that maybe some of that data gets funneled back to the Chinese government somehow? What do you think of all of this? I uh, think that there's definitely some prejudice involved here. I think that we have no problem uh, when Zuck the Zuck Facebook <laughs> does nefarious things with our data. 
We have no problem when uh, Jeff Amazon does nefarious things with our data. We have no problem with Google doing terrible things with our data and like listening to us 24 seven um, because they're owned by they're, they're American companies is the sort of vulnerability of one's data, a issue, a point of contention. Yeah. I think that we are way too vulnerable, but you know, the solution to that isn't let's make ourselves vulnerable in a convenient way. The solution to that is to make ourselves secure. I have, I stopped using TikTok. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but not just because of sort of the, the vulnerability of my data. I think it's also like, as much as I sing its praises on here, um, it, it can get in the way of your daily life. It's, designed to be really addictive and i think that that is more of a concern to me than what the chinese government is doing with my you know i'm i'm nobody to the chinese government what are they gonna do (laughs) (laughs) uh so there probably is something to the notion that i mean if you are a business in china i think that it's pretty common knowledge that you are sort of beholden to requests from the government there but uh, certainly nothing like that would ever happen in this country, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our government would never lean on a tech company to hand over some stuff. That would be unheard of. Exactly. <laughs> They're, we're being watched, whether we like it or not, you know. And and deciding, oh, I'd rather this these white people watch me versus these Chinese people watch me, I think is a really just distraction from the greater issue which is why are they watching us <laughs> you know yes why are they if they have access to this data why are they using it like this um but that's just my two cents and and we know also this tiktok is also under fire in another way because um uh, instagram aka facebook has just gone out and pretty much made an exact copy of tiktok within instagram and they're calling it reels Yep. <laughs> Instagram is famous for doing this. They did the same thing to Snapchat when they introduced the stories feature and their stories are, I think, I think they pretty much killed Inst- uh, Snapchat. They kind of did, right? Well, they, they, didn't, they didn't kill it, but they definitely stopped like the rise of Snapchat to becoming a much bigger thing. And yeah, it seems like exactly the same thing. I think they tried to buy Snapchat and Snapchat wouldn't sell, so then they were they just copied it. Um, and that looks like uh, what's happening again here. Have you used this reels? Is it is it really just a clone? You know, I was a more of a like casual TikTok user. I never made any content for TikTok, so I because I found their controls like really confusing a little bit, and I, I just didn't have the patience to to sit down and master it. Um, the reel seems to be simplified a little bit, but it's still, I don't, it's a lot to learn, <laughs> you know, like, uh, and I'm not necessarily a content creator <laughs> on my Instagram. I'm really casually on social media anyway, though I have, uh, recently made an Instagram account, um, dedicated solely to like what I'm reading and connecting with the reading community, on Instagram because I don't know anybody who reads in my real life. 
So maybe I'll use it in that capacity to sort of like make reading content and like take cool videos of my bookshelf or something. But I don't see myself using it very much. It, like this is a non-factor to me, this whole competition between TikTok and Instagram. I suspect that Instagram, because it's so big and controlled by the Facebook, that um, I suspect that they'll they'll eat some of that market up. Though another point for TikTok is that uh, Gen Z pretty much uses TikTok. And I think they're very married to that platform as like their own. Whereas Instagram is more millennials. Ah, well, there's also the chance. Do you think, uh, let's say Microsoft, let's say they do purchase TikTok and it becomes TikTok presented by Microsoft. Does that make it lose some of the hip factor to the kids? I don't know, because uh, Microsoft is sort of a smaller in scale company than I think the rest of these big, big, um, what are they, the big four that we're talking about right now? Um, I, I think that they'll be like, they'll, it'll be, uh, it'll take cool points off of TikTok for sure. It won't be as cool anymore, but I think that uh, as long as they don't screw with it and they don't mess it up, I don't see why they would have an issue. The problem is these companies like to screw with these apps and they they make them worse. I guess we'll have to see, but just a hard shot at Microsoft off the top rope. (laughs) Well, I mean, and maybe in your perspective, because they were huge uh, a couple decades ago, but I think that they've taken a backseat a little bit more recently. Incredible. This is just just using just past tense, just putting them in the past tense. <laughs> when was the last time Microsoft had like a crazy big release? Uh, I don't, uh, Windows, you ever heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do they really have to do anything else after that? <laughs> uh, you do, because other people come out with cooler stuff. Oh man, it's fine. Oh, okay, Windows is fine, but have you used like? The, the newer versions of it, it's not my favorite. Wow. That is, that's, that's the take quake of the week right there. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're uh, such a mic stigator. Oh, maybe. You're uh, starting, trying to start problems between me and Bill Microsoft. <laughs> Bill Microsoft is on the cool throne. No one, he, he didn't have to appear. Um, no one's, no one's upset with Microsoft right now. Yeah, fact, that's the benefit of staying small. <laughs> They're literally trying to hand Microsoft uh, TikTok to create a, a new player in the social media space. So good job by Microsoft, I guess, for you know staying out of the fray on this one. Um, there's also a, a rumor that, that Twitter was maybe thinking about getting in on the TikTok, the TikTok business, um, which just makes me uh, want to. I have to. I have to point this out. Um, you know, can you imagine a world, Sarah, where where Twitter owned like a universally beloved and popular short form video app? Can you imagine that? Um, I can't imagine it, but I can imagine a world where they do own an app, but then they kill it at the height <laughs> of its popularity. Why did they kill Vine? There's still never been a good reason. Never. And then they teased bringing it back and they never did. It just, that is absolutely mind-boggling. Like, mind-boggling. everyone loved it, and they were just like, eh, 
We're going to kill it off. And there's nothing to stop them from just bringing it back. They can bring it back today. I, it's the, one of the most baffling tech stories of all time. I, I still don't get it. It makes no sense. Vine was so iconic that there are people walking around today, most of them in my age group, just who just speak to each other in vines like <laughs> just dozens and dozens of great hilarious cultural references and twitter flushed it down the toilet i don't understand well if if uh if the government really doesn't like tiktok they should make twitter buy it because then they would just kill it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they would oh boy um Let's embrace debate. Uh, you probably saw this. Um, there was a, uh, uh, an article making the rounds the other day about, about people using the word, using the phrase, hey guys, when addressing a group of people and how that's not inclusive language. Um, I'm a big offender in this area. I'm a, I'm a big hey guys person. So it, it occurs to me that maybe I should stop doing that. What do you think about this business? You know, there are a lot of, sort of gendered terms like that that I have always used like genderlessly which is probably an issue I guess because it's a, a problem of erasure right but I think that I use like I use the word guys to refer to sort of a mixed group as often as I use the word girls you know I think the problem is is that English the English language does not have a plural second person we only have the single singular you, whereas other languages don't have this issue because there's a plural second person tense. Sure. Um, so I think it's a it's a problem not for, you know, everyday people. It's a problem for them. Dictionary writers. Come up with a better word then. What are we supposed to use? Hello, folks. That's <laughs> Actually, yes, that's one of the suggestions in this. In this same article, which comes from uh, Huffington Post, they, they presented some alternatives. Let's go through these alternatives and see what you think. In addition right. to, um, to Hey Folks, we have Hey Team. Ugh, I hate that. Don't assume that I'm a part of your team. <laughs> <laughs> what about Hey Crew? A crew is not that bad. But these are all so like, <clears throat> Hey Peeps. Hey Peeps. Hate that. Uh, Hey all, that sounds so generic. Um, okay. Hey, hey everyone, or hey all, those are those. That's terrible. These seem really like. See, all of these sort of assume that we're part of a collective. Like you're all the team, the crew. When I <laughs> something like guys allows you to keep your individuality, yeah. so we need, we need another word like that. I don't like any of these on this list, honestly. Maybe, ironically, <laughs> hey pals. Or just hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, assuming that we're friends, it's not not a great way to start a conversation with me. I think um, uh, as someone who who hails from the south, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that hey y'all is is uh, appropriating southern heritage and should not be used. Um, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> Hey, y'all is a good one. Y'all is a great word. I don't know, Sarah. My my country upbringing uh, is is not your costume. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, y'all is a really good one. I like y'all because it's more like it doesn't assume a relationship. I'm going to uh, I think given given the calling out of this phrase, I think I'm going to retire it and I'm going to switch instead to opening meetings by saying, what's up, my dudes? Dudes is gendered. (laughs) Dudes is gendered. (laughs) What's up, dudes and dudettes? Or I'm going to take a page from your book and just address every group as ladies. Yes. What's <laughs> up, ladies? That, that really polarizes. Because then you know right away who's on your side and who isn't. <laughs> oh, man. That was really funny when I uh, came up to you and Joe and I was like, what's up, ladies? You guys were <laughs> shell-shocked, both of you. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. It was it was outstanding. I think like I had been planning to do that myself and then you beat me to it. And I was just, I, there's no comeback from that. It was, it was well done. That was a good job by you. Thank you. You know, another thing about this is that I feel like we're jumping the gun on this issue, right? I think that we have to like, I, it's more important, I think, in regards of how language evolves to track when Hey Guys was specifically used in a gendered way to when it wasn't because a lot of these phrases like girl, I know a lot of people, especially in the LGBTQ communities use that girl, that word uh, refer to each other as girl pretty liberally. Um, so maybe if we can allow like collect collectively to understand that like these terms are no longer gendered language has evolved beyond that. Then maybe we can stop being offended over like things that aren't that important, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and focus on bigger issues of inclusivity. It does. It does kind of seem like this is a debate from another time. Um, yeah. Might not apply really. I don't think it does. I think there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, Hey guys, or Hey girls, or uh, Hey dudes. How many times in your life have you called a woman dude? And there's like, not a problem, except if you're talking to Carlene. <laughs> That's true. Fun. Yeah, you got to be careful with Carlene. She will, she will call you out on it. <laughs> she's, but you know, she's a real freedom fighter. That one. No, she is. That's true. I just don't, I don't see these words as gendered anymore. But maybe that's an issue with me. Maybe I'm, I'm missing something from that. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I certainly didn't use guys that in in that way. I thought it was a neutral thing, but if if people are upset by it, they want me to change. That's not too much to ask, I guess. True. Next up, I've got I've got to respect the biz. Um, I've got a beef with TMZ this week because, as you may have heard, the sad news that uh, just absolutely legendary character actor Wilfred Brimley passed away last week. You may know him as that guy that. Looked like he was 70 years old for about 40 years and uh, had an incredible mustache. And uh, when they announced the news in a tweet, this is terrible, Sarah. They just described, listen, to this is the tweet. I'm going to read this tweet on air. This is bad radio. Um, The tweet from TMZ says, Wilford Brimley, face of Quaker Oats and diabetes campaigns, dead at 85. (laughs) Are you serious? (laughs) <laughs> no mention of his of his acting work and the natural or the thing or the firm or 
Cocoon or any number of classic films, just Quaker Oats and Diabetes. That's what they associate this band with. Respect the biz, TMZ. Respect the biz, though. Uh, I know him from the Family Guy parody of the, of the Diabetes commercial, so I'm probably even worse. Oh, that's terrible, you know. Where he says uh, diabetes. <laughs> There's also a, a, you're a big John Goodman fan. There's a great uh, SNL skit where John Goodman does a parody of those commercials. Um, John I've never seen it. As Wilford Brimley, so you would probably enjoy that. Yeah, I would. I love John Goodman. <laughs> but, uh, but really, that's a bad job by TMZ there. Bad job by TMZ. No respect. No respect. You know who also has no respect? I'm going to issue a second Respect the Biz citation to our friends Lizzie and Marla at the library because they did uh, a Meet the Staff interview with me on Saturday and they completely chopped it up. They just cut, they just cut me off like five questions in um because <laughs> <laughs> I just, just completely didn't respect the biz uh you know they said it was my turn that I had to do one of these videos I said sure they asked me to pick my questions uh they gave me a list of questions I think you went through this once before I did yeah All right so they gave me a list of questions and said I could pick like two questions and one of them that I picked was how do you like to start your day because, as you know, I love a good morning routine. Mm-hmm. So I picked that question, but then I broke it down into 15 sub-questions <laughs> that, that I, you know, prepared answers for. And I said, you're going to have to ask me all these questions. And they went through, like, the first five and then skipped to the end. They just totally disrespected my whole list. Lizzie was like, Mike, no one cares about your morning routine. They're not going to watch this. Oh, that was a complete lack of respect. That is mean. But, Mike, you are such a Virgo if I've ever met one. (laughs) Fifteen sub-questions. I think they asked me three questions and then called it a day. (laughs) Hey, you know, I should have insisted upon you know, getting editorial control over that interview, but, but I didn't. And, and, uh, that was a mistake by me, I guess, because, uh, they were, they weren't having it. Well, you know, what's good about this though? Like it's a meet the staff interview. Nobody needs to meet Mike. (laughs) Everybody knows who Mike is. (laughs) So what we really need to do is take those 15 sub questions and make them a segment on the podcast. So you can tell the whole world, your morning routine. I mean, I didn't even get to talk about my whole coffee preparation ritual or any of that. It was um, it was really unfortunate. Very unfortunate. They missed out on great content. They really did. <laughs> we'll just steal and put here. Well, uh, as always, I thank you for your support, Sarah. <laughs> but 15 sub-questions, that's hilarious. <laughs> Such a Virgo. Well, I mean, if you're going to do it, you know. Let's get into it. You know? <laughs> uh, moving along, we have a new segment. Uh, new segment alert. I'm calling this segment "The Kids Are All Right." In this in this segment, we're going to say something nice about Gen Z. Gen Z, we love to pick on them, but every once in a while, we want to say something nice about them. And, um, 
I have, so, so check this out, Sarah. I was part of my pandemic routine, take a nice long walk in the afternoon, get some exercise, stretch those legs. So I'm, uh, I'm out, I'm out walking around the neighborhood the other day. And what do I hear off in the distance? I hear the soothing sounds of Michael McDonald. I hear just, just the, 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 <laughs> always makes you smile. Uh, Doobie Brothers tune, What a Fool Believes. <laughs> somewhere. And I, and I, I turn to see where it's coming from and I see this group of, let's say, uh, five to seven, uh, teens on bicycles, um, going by. And let me tell you, this was the most perfectly, uh, representative, diverse group of youths on bicycles that I've ever seen. And one of them has like a big boom box that is just blasting some some great Michael McDonald and I and I just saw this group go by and I was like you know what those kids right there they're all right <laughs> <laughs> that is a that is a, a a progressive group of kids who enjoy some some smooth music and uh I take my hat off to that group of kids you guys are doing okay gave you some hope for the future didn't it Mike gave me gave me some hope you know <laughs> so that's me saying something nice about Gen Z for this week. Do you have any? I do. I have a lot of nice things to say about Gen Z. I think uh, the generation right before a certain generation always craps on, you know, millennials will always crap on Gen Z and uh, boomers always crap on millennials and uh, Gen X, they just don't care. <laughs> but um, I, I honestly have a lot of respect for them. Not only do they have sick taste in music, like, I don't know if you knew this, but Gen Z is obsessed with Stevie Nicks, and I couldn't be more here for it. <laughs> um, but they're also just, like, funnier than my generation ever was. And less, um, you know, less, uh, <laughs> the word that the kids use is headass. Do you know what that means? No. Headass is, like, someone who um, takes everything way too seriously and uh, just, like, a buzzkill and like being kind of dumb about it, I feel like Gen Z, they're just way chiller than the rest of us. And maybe it's because they're young, but I'm here for it. Stay chill, Gen Z. Stay chill. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I, it's nice. It's nice to say something, something good about the upcoming generation for a change. Yeah, especially uh, considering the enormous hard time we gave millennials for about ten years. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, we're still going to keep talking bad about you guys. <laughs> As we know, millennials ruined everything. It's just your lot in life, Sarah. You have to accept it. It's true. <laughs> Unlike, you know, the boomers who actually ruined everything. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I won't give you a hard time because I'm, I, I'm, I'm an Xer, so we just don't care about anything. Yeah, you guys don't care. I respect that more than caring too much. <laughs> None of it even matters, man. <laughs> That's the attitude to have, just nihilism. <laughs> what does it even mean? Who cares? <laughs> um, you know, we've had this one on the back burner for a while, so we, we should probably address it at some point. This is not really that current now, but I think we could still talk about it a little a little bit of what people are mad about on the internet today. This is uh, from a few weeks ago now, but why not? Why not cover it? Um, I'm sure you saw this. 
about the word irregardless. You know why I saw it, Mike? Do you know why I saw it? (laughs) Where did you see it? I saw it because you showed it to me, hoping that it would make me mad. Well, (laughs) did it succeed? Well, let me let me me just recap. So they, you know, how they add words to the dictionary every year. This year they added irregardless and basically said that it means the same thing as regardless. And I thought that you, as the library's resident grammar police, might have something to say about that. First of all. I don't want no title with the word police in it. <laughs> um, but I guess I guess it's I am what I am. Um, <laughs> look, this annoys the living bejesus out of me. Irregardless, <laughs> one was never a word. It was a misunderstanding by people who can't read. And two, just doesn't make sense. That prefix <laughs> does not mean the same it, it means the not. It means opposite. It means whatever follows this. It's not that, as you know. And um, irregardless, meaning the same thing as regardless, is one of those things that drive people who do not speak English crazy about the English language. <laughs> well, you may have a point there, but isn't there also just something to be said that 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 language language evolves and words take on new meaning and uh that's that's just that's just part of the process that's just how it goes yeah and i was i said the same thing about guys earlier that language evolves and things change (laughs) um but irregardless was a mistake (laughs) that's a typo that's not like a natural evolution that's just a typo that no one corrected i i just i don't think you can i don't think you can win this one here i think that that's just it has happened it's done (laughs) Whether we like it or not, those words are interchangeable now. I will never, you'll never hear me using the word irregardless. <laughs> never. Mark my words, Mike. Well, no one is saying that you have to. In fact, you can keep on saying regardless because, as we know, that means the same thing as irregardless. So people will <laughs> will, will know what you mean. Ugh, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can hear the disgust. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so disgusted. I just uh maybe I'm being a hypocrite, but irregardless is not a word. Ah, uh, well, you know, as much as you would like to, you don't make these rules, Sarah. <laughs> I really don't. Whenever they put me in charge of the English language, oh boy, there'll be changes. Yeah. Well, that that day may come at some point. So uh, I believe you wanted to talk about the new streaming service from NBC, which is called Peacock. And uh, you think that, um, I guess you're saying, what's the point of this? Why do we need it? <laughs> well, th- this is a, I, I shoehorned this one into this segment. I don't think people are mad on the internet. I think I'm mad on the internet. <laughs> and I count as people, so it, it goes. Sure. But, um so NBC unveils a new streaming service, Peacock, and I'm sure since this is a couple of weeks old, people have already started using it. But um, I just personally take issue with the fact that every network is coming out with their own streaming service. And now in the same article there that I linked that will be in the show notes, it talks about bundling, how uh, – Disney and Disney Plus and HBO Max have bundled and Peacock might be um, looking to bundle with other services. 
So if you have all of these streaming services at your disposal and now they're bundling them together, doesn't that sound a lot like cable? Well, of course, it sounds exactly like cable, and you're not wrong. I mean, that's pretty much... It's just cable. So what's the point of cutting the cord? They're they're forcing the cord back on us. <laughs> they totally are forcing the cord back on us. Well, when you have a lot of uh, the the legacy cable companies are also the telecommunications people, and so they kind of run the internet, and they're not going down without a fight on this whole cord cutting thing. They're they're going to make sure that you keep paying them one way or the other. It's unfortunate. Uh, nobody likes it. Nobody liked cable. <laughs> but I think we're just going to be st- stuck with this unless um, maybe we get some more antitrust regulation or something. Uh, the the whole dream that we all had, I think, was that, that we would just be able to pay for those channels that we want and not have to pay for all the stuff that we don't use. But it just doesn't look like that's possible. It doesn't look like they're ever going to let that happen. And it's kind of sad. Yeah, it is. They're just forcing uh, on us. This whole Peacock thing, um, I I know you're, you're upset about it, but what I'm mad about it for a different reason, because actually I have heard that Peacock has like one of the best, uh, free, what do they call it? A free tier when you have like a, a paid tier and you have a free ad supported tier. Um, I've heard that Peacock has an incredible free tier and I actually really wanted to try it out, but, but I can't because I use a Roku for my streaming and they don't have an app for that yet because they're in a, they're in a, you know, dispute over how to split ad money and you can't use Peacock right now if you use Roku. So I'm upset with them for that. So I am also mad at Peacock, but for a different reason. Yeah, the same thing happened to me with uh, my Fire Stick and HBO Max. I cannot get an app for HBO Max. Yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, HBO Max has a carriage dispute with Amazon and with Roku. You can't get it on either one of those. Oh, that is so annoying. (laughs) Which is so annoying because most people who use streaming services use either Amazon or Roku. And if you're not on those platforms, then what are you even doing? It's it's the same thing. This is also a relic of the cable industry when um, you would have to make a deal with these cable providers um, over how you were going to be compensated. And we're just it's like we're still stuck. Like you said, we're still in the cable model and it may not ever go away. Yeah, man, we're stuck there. They're making sure we don't get free. It's terrible. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. Yeah. So we're both mad. On the internet. <laughs> we are both mad. And and with that, I think it might be time to do a little roasting and toasting. Ooh. Uh, did you uh, did you see this story about the microbes? No. <laughs> so this is big this is big science news. Um, big science news from last week where um, a team of scientists discovered some microbes. Uh, from the seafloor, you know, off the coast of Australia, they found living microbes that are possibly older than a hundred million years old. Wow! Uh, amazing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, just w- what a discovery! And you know, a uh, hundred million years old. 
that makes these microbes the second oldest thing living off the coast of Australia, just behind pop singer Lord. <laughs> Isn't she like 19? <laughs> Boom, roasted and toasted. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I had to. I had to do it. Um, you know how people were just always saying that she looks so much older than she says. Yeah. She, <laughs> she does. I think she's like maybe 20 years old, and she looks 40. <laughs> now, I mean, no offense. Hey, I, I like that song Royals as much as the next guy, but I, I had to do it. I, I couldn't help myself. No, I, I get it. <laughs> Low hanging fruit. <laughs> yes. Um, and, um, you know, also, um, I don't know if you saw this, but your nemesis Android phones have um, have recently introduced, get this, a something they call nearby share, which is a feature where if you have, you know, two Android phones, they can share a file to each other um, wirelessly. This works a lot like something called AirDrop on iPhones. What do you think about that, Sarah? Say, way to go being like a decade too late with a worse name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Better late than never, right? I mean, I guess, but you could have had the same thing with an iPhone 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, well, you remember that, remember that time that uh, you got shamed into staying on iPhone by your mom? Yeah, um, uh, for my graduation, I was going to get a new phone, and I wanted the Galaxy Note for a change of pace, and she told me, um, no, Miha, you're going into the workforce. Those are, You're not going to get any respect with an Android phone. <laughs> oh, so harsh. That is just, man, that is terrible. You know, this whole iPhone status symbol vendor lock-in thing, it's real, folks. It's a, it's a real thing. You know, I didn't believe it. I doubted you in the past. I didn't think it was real. I didn't think people cared that much, but they do. It's strange, but true. It's it's no good. I'm not a fan. That's neither here nor there. We are we're starting to run long. So where where do you want to go from here, Sarah? Let's go straight to recommends. Let's do it. Let's go to the recommendations. I've got one. My um uh something to watch there is a 1991 movie called cool as ice <laughs> starring the rapper vanilla ice and let me tell you folks this movie is such a good time uh you can get it on hoopla and it's just it is just what's that thing chef's kiss it is Perfect, absolutely perfect 1991 time capsule. Uh, I've I've never seen a better representation of of that moment. Um, it's an amazing film. The plot of this movie, I couldn't even describe it to you beyond saying that the plot is basically that Vanilla Ice is the the coolest guy you've ever seen, and he hangs around a small town with his with his rap crew. Um, getting into a little bit of shenanigans here and there and, you know, possibly even, you know, saving someone from a kidnapping. And it's incredible. I can't recommend it highly enough. 
the fashions, the music, the absurdity of the of the plot. Um, I thought I was going to watch this ironically and sort of make fun of it, but I just could not get the smile off my face. <laughs> it, was, it was so good. It was, I, I, I rewatched it several times already. I also have to do a quick sub segment and nominate Hoopla for player hater of the week because of their really whack policies on, on returns. And they literally cut me off in the middle of like my third viewing of Cool as Ice because they said my, rental window had expired who does that yeah but they should at least let you finish it they should at least let you finish the movie i mean but whatever you can just check it out again <laughs> and uh yeah check it out check it out i know that's a tough sell in in 2020 to, to recommend a movie starring vanilla ice but you'll have a good time i promise hey, you know what say what you want about vanilla ice's rap career that boy was a star. He was. He was a bright shining star there for a minute. Cool. I you know what, Mike? You know what I think? I think we need a podcast movie club for Cool as Ice. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet and I would love to. Oh. I think, you know, you would probably you would probably really just get a kick out of just just that whole time capsule thing is as a cultural artifact, you know, if nothing else. All right. That's a great recommendation, Mike. Uh, keep it keep it in mind. Maybe we'll watch it for an episode. All right. Um, for me, I've only got reading recommendations this week. I, um, thanks to the wonderful collection at the North Riverside Library and our budding graphic novel collection, I was able to read the entire first half of the saga series, volumes one through nine, the only volumes um, published right now. In about a like four or five days, boy was that a good time. If you like sci-fi, if you like fantasy, if you like uh, great storytelling, compelling characters, and a wild ride in space, this is the series for you. Totally good, poignant, uh, grappling with some big themes and issues while still maintaining a sort of uh, fun experience throughout the whole series loved it um and it's on shelf at the library right now so snag your copies place those holds people before they run out um the other thing i'm reading which we don't have available at the library and i've checked is not available yet on media on demand but will be soon and will be i'm sure inundated with holds so get Keep an eye out. Get in line for this book. I'm reading Midnight Sun by Stephanie Meyer right now. And oh, my God, I'm living my middle school fantasies. <laughs> if For those who don't know, this is um, basically the first book in the Twilight series, Twilight, but retold from uh, Edward Cullen's perspective, because that first book is in Bella's perspective. The whole series is just in Bella's perspective. But for some reason, Stephanie Meyer decided like 10 years later to publish the first book in Edward's perspective after teasing uh, this concept for like the entire decade. Um, it's out now and it's 600 pages. And you thought that the first book was broody. This book is way broodier. <laughs> and I, I feel a little old reading it. Like it's definitely um, geared toward a younger audience, but it's a fun time. Fun time. All right. 
Well, I, I don't know if I can follow those recommendations there. They have me in my wheelhouse. But it sounds like you're very excited about them. Hey, you can read a graphic novel, right, Mike? You know, I've tried. I have tried. There have been so many times. I really feel like it's one of those things where if you don't get into that at the right time in your life, it just doesn't happen. I've I've just never really been a com in you know a comic reader at all. And people keep have always tried to like be like, here's the one you can start with. This will get you going. And it just it just never works. I just I guess it I just don't get it, you know. Um, but I've heard that this saga series is really great. Oh, it's amazing. I think they're I think some company has developing it for uh television. Probably it will be on one of the many streaming services in a couple years. Um so when that comes out, I recommend you watching it because it's such a good story. Okay. Well, maybe that will be an entry point there. Yeah. Good times. Good times, Mike. I guess um, that's where we can leave things this this week. We will come back soon with some more fun segments. A lot of good stuff on the horizon, so stay tuned. And yes, and remember, like Sarah said, that you can get you can get items from the library now. And interlibrary loan is up and running, so get your holds in. And we're open for uh, curbside pickup for six days a week now, so not bad. And until next time, Sarah. Keep it spicy. Keep it spicy indeed. And in the words of the immortal Vanilla Ice, drop that zero and get with the hero. (laughs) That's a good one. Yep. Yep, yep. (laughs) 